Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hey, what's up? My name is Rochelle Lucero, and I'm the host of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. I'm really excited you're here today. I think you're going to be excited that you're here today because we're in the middle of a series on spiritual warfare and the armor of God. Because in his letter to the Ephesians, St. Paul says that we are fighting against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of the present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And when he says we, he's talking about you and I, but that's not something that we need to be afraid of. Because the Lord has given us armor. He's given us his armor, the armor of God. And St. Paul has outlined the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. So if you are not familiar with the armor of God, read those passages in scripture, because that's what we're talking about. Because we need to know how to use our armor, how to operate within it as though it's a second skin. And we're going to do this from the spiritual perspective Because after all, this is a spiritual combat that we are fighting in. And today, we're talking about two pieces of armor, not just one, but two. Part of that is because I apparently don't know how to count, and this series is supposed to go until Pentecost, and there's not enough weeks (laughs) in order to cover all of the pieces of armor between the time that we started and Pentecost. And yeah. So that's what we're doing. Today, we're talking about two pieces of armor. Last week, I was so wrapped up in our topic that I didn't make it to the announcements that I needed to make. I just forgot about them. So I do need to tell you that there have been updates to the website, clumsytheosis.net. Now on the website, you're going to be able to find a new page that has all of the Clumsy Theosis series as well as collections. And so the name of that page is Series and Collections. You'll find that by going to Clumsy Theosis and then finding that tab in the menu. I do want to point your attention to the collection that we have on Mary because this is the month of May and there's a collection of all the episodes we've done on Mary, the Rosary, and anything regarding her. There's a collection on the series and collection page that I think you should go and visit and listen to those episodes and even re-listen if you've already listened to them so that you can grow deeper in relationship with the mother of God. All right, so the two pieces of armor we're talking about today are going to be found in Ephesians 6 verses 15 and 16. They are the foot coverings of the gospel of peace and the shield of faith. All right, so we're going to talk about the foot coverings of the gospel of peace. We're going to talk about the gospel of peace specifically when we do that, because I think that it's a little odd to talk about peace when we're talking about spiritual warfare, like two of those things kind of don't go together in my mind. So we'll flesh that out. Then we're going to go on to talk about the shield of faith, and then I'm going to wrap it up with something really cool, which ties together all of the pieces of the armor that we've discussed so far in this series. I had this revelation, like a total Holy Spirit moment. movement, Holy Spirit movement that I'm really excited to share with you. So that's how we'll kind of close out today. All right. So the foot coverings of gospel of peace. We're going to start with a little bit of typology because in Paul's ministry, think about it. He's going out and he's ministering to all of these um, new Christian communities and he's being able to see their lives change before his eyes. And he gets to see 
their excitement. And he gets to see how these Christian communities are so eager to share with everyone that they encounter how Jesus Christ has transformed their life, right? They are going out, walking around, and spreading the good news to everyone that they meet. And St. Paul gets to witness this. And this reminds him of a prophecy from Isaiah. And he thinks, oh my gosh, I'm witnessing the fulfillment of this prophecy right now. Okay, so let's take a look at that prophecy because it's going to give us more context about what he means when he talks about the foot coverings of the gospel of peace. So that's going to be in Isaiah 52. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good tidings, who publishes peace, who brings good tidings of good, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. So to summarize that, there are messengers traveling on foot and bringing good tidings about God's victory. These good tidings tell of peace, and they're going to tell of salvation also. And so you can see how in St. Paul's ministry, what he's witnessing these Christians, these new Christian believers doing, sounds so much like this prophecy from Isaiah, right? They are going out and spreading the good news they have on the foot coverings of the gospel of peace. So what what does that mean for us? Like, How does that help us to use this piece of armor, the the foot coverings of the gospel of peace? Does it mean that we go out and we tell people about Jesus? Well, yes, it does. But there's a little bit more to that. And we're going to talk about that when we talk about the shield of faith because they're connected. Because when we do that, remember I told you in my preparation, I noticed some really cool connections between the shield of faith and all of the previous pieces of armor that we have been told to put on up until that point. Okay, so Get excited for that because that's coming. But first, I want to talk about the gospel of peace a little bit more. So like I said earlier, talking about the gospel of peace sounds a little out of place to me, especially in the context of a spiritual war that the Lord has already told us is not going to end until the last day. So if St. Paul is not talking about the war ending and that bringing about peace, what exactly is he talking about then? Okay, well, St. John Chrysostom broke this wide open for me. I mean, he came to the rescue once again. So this is what he says. He says, This war which we have against the devil puts an end to another war, namely the war between us and God. If we are at war with the devil, then we are at peace with God. So he's saying that my sin puts me at war with God. Actually, Actually, he says that my sin is my declaration of war with God, right? I've never thought about it in those words before. And when I read that, I was like, dang, St. John Chrysostom, talk about someone getting all up in my face, right? Like I felt totally confronted in that moment. I don't know about you. Does that like make you feel confronted? Like, oh, yeah, my sin is me declaring war against God, right? I'd never thought about it that way. And I was like, okay, yeah, sinning, bad, I know that, but now I'm really, really going to try to be on my game and look out. Because St. John Chrysostom is so right, right? If we want peace with God, then we have to fight in the spiritual battle against Satan. And we can do that with the spiritual armor that the Lord has given us, because the spiritual armor, as we've seen so far, it's helping to transform us. It's actually part of our life of theosis. Okay, Now we're going to move on to the shield of faith, but I have to thank the Bingham family. All right. I have had donors who are single people, married couples, but I've never had a family become donors of the podcast before. 
Thank you so much. I am really excited to have you guys on board. If anyone else listening out there would like to be a donor of Clumsy Theosis, because after all, this show is 100% listener supported, please pray about it and then head over to clumsytheosis.net and click the word donate in the menu because we're able to do more things for the ministry, making it more accessible to other people, putting it on different platforms, um, making it available in different formats, all of that. Okay, so if you would like to help because this show has helped you and then, you know, you can like pay it forward, help it help someone else, um, that is much appreciated. Please pray about it and please consider donating. All right, so on to the shield of faith. What is the purpose of the shield of faith? This is interesting because out of all of the pieces of armor so far, St. Paul hasn't told us like the purpose of it the way he has with the shield of faith because After St. Paul tells us to put on the shield of faith, he says, because with it, you can quench the flaming darts of the evil one. And those evil darts, evil darts, those darts from the evil one are temptations, right? The enemy is constantly slinging temptations at us as though we're being shot at with a whole bunch of flaming arrows. And so the shield will stand in front of us And it's going to block all of those arrows of temptation, or at least that's what its purpose is. And who couldn't use that? Who couldn't use a shield in front of you to block all of the temptations that are coming at you from all sides? I know I could. So let's look at that. Let's learn about faith and how it can shield us from those temptations. Faith is a theological virtue, and I think most of us are aware of that. And it's a theological virtue that says that we believe in God. We believe that everything that he has told us, we we believe everything he has revealed to us. And we also believe that the church has been given the authority and the grace to interpret that for us. But faith is more than just a belief system that lives in your head. Faith also includes what that belief is going to elicit from you. And that's like my new favorite word. So I'm going to say elicit probably like 20 times. All right. That's what St. Paul means when he's talking about the shield of faith. There is a document that was put together at the Second Vatican Council called De Verbum, which is Latin for Word of God. And they summarize this so well. They say that by faith, man freely commits his entire self to God. Right. And St. Paul talks about that also when he's talking to the Romans. He said that the righteous shall live by faith. You see how faith lives, right? Faith breathes. It's active in the world through us. It's not just something that lives in our arbitrary belief system, right? And there's more to this, right? So we have to have belief, but then we also have to live out that belief, but then we also have to do something else. The Catechism says that the disciples of Christ must not only keep the faith and live it, but also profess it, confidently bear witness to it, and spread it. This is Catechism, paragraph 1618. And why do we have to do this? Because service of and witness to the faith are necessary for our salvation. I'm going to say that again. Service of and witness to the faith are necessary for our salvation. And where do we get this from? This isn't just something that the church just decided and so we have to do it. No, this comes from Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. Because Jesus says, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But for whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father in heaven. Right? So 
If we do not bear witness to Christ and all of his transformative powers that he's working in and through us in this life, he is not going to bear witness to us in front of his Father when it comes time for um, our final judgment. Summed up, spiritually speaking, the shield of faith requires three things. One, that we have faith, which is belief. One, that we live faith, which is to let it elicit change in us. Third is that we profess faith, which is that we tell people that that change in us is actually Jesus. So let's get more practical and let's look at the shield of faith on the battlefield. Okay, so imagine yourself as a soldier in your armor and you're holding your shield of faith and you're holding that shield out in front of you. As you walk into battle, the first thing that enters the battle is your shield. It is your first line of defense, but it's built so sturdily that it's actually built in a way to where it's supposed to be your last piece of defense, right? Because you're hoping that the shield is all that you're going to need. You're hoping that none of those flaming arrows are going to get past your shield, right? But because the shield is built to be so sturdy and so strong, it's going to be really heavy, right? It's going to be a beast for you to hold up and for you to carry for a long period of time when you're in battle. But maybe there's something about the other pieces of armor that can help you in this, right? Maybe they have built up your strength. And also maybe collectively, all of the other pieces of armor that you've put on so far, they help to accommodate the weight of that shield. And the rest of those pieces of armor are the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the foot coverings of the gospel of peace. Together, the three of those things are going to back up your shield of faith. They're going to reinforce it, right? And this is from a spiritual perspective, remember. So how do they do that? Okay, this is the really cool part that I was telling you about. All right, remember that the shield of faith requires three things, that we have faith, which is belief, we live faith, which is we let it elicit change in us, and we profess faith, which is we tell people that the change within us is Jesus. Effectively, St. Paul is saying that the shield is a living faith of transformation that you want to tell people about, right? Do you recognize any similarities between that and the first three pieces of armor that we've talked about so far? Let me say it again. St. Paul is saying that the shield is a lived faith of transformation that you'll want to tell people about, all right? So let's look at having faith and having belief. All right, so how do you have belief in something? Well, before you can have belief in something, you have to know that it exists, right? It has to be part of your reality, you know, in order for you to even choose whether or not you're going to believe in it. All right, so for that, we need to know who God is and what he has revealed to us. And that's what we're doing when we put on the belt of truth. Because remember, with the belt of truth, we are surrounding ourselves with Jesus, with the scriptures, with him in the Eucharist, with our relationship with him in prayer, right? When St. John Chrysostom was asked, how do you have faith? He takes it a step further and says that you have to perform the duties of faith. So basically you have to do the work of faith, which is to live it, right? So you have to be transformed by, by faith, by what you believe, and you have to witness it to others. So living faith is to let what we believe, to let our belief in God elicit change within us. And you know what comes to mind when I think about this? The first thing I think about is metanoia. Do you remember that episode? I think it might have been a year ago we did on metanoia. All right. Well, metanoia, it means beyond the mind. It's a change in your thinking that goes beyond your mind. It goes beyond your thoughts, and it affects the way that you live. It affects your heart. 
And I'm going to put a link for that episode on metanoia in the show notes. All right, so what metanoia is, it's 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 the changing of your mind that goes beyond your mind and it affects your way of living, it affects your heart, right? And to me, that sounds a lot like what the virtues do. Because remember last week we were talking about how a virtue is a good habit that compounds within you internally and then it elicits more good acts. And that's what happens when we put on the breastplate of righteousness. By way of the virtues, Christ is transforming our heart. He's transforming our soul. And we become more attuned to choosing the things of God over the things of this world, okay? So that's the second piece of armor right there in the living out of our faith. Okay, now this is good news. This is the gospel, right? God is transforming us. This is amazing news. And what do we do with good news? We share it, right? Because this is the gospel. The good news is the gospel. And as Christians, We understand that the good news refers to our salvation through Jesus Christ, but remember, our salvation isn't a once-and-done scenario. Salvation is a past, present, and future type of a thing, because I have been saved by the sacrament of baptism, you know, when I participated in Jesus' death and resurrection. I am currently being saved daily by accepting God's grace, and I hope to be saved in the future on my last day by dying in a state of grace as a friend of Jesus, right? Salvation is about our transformation, our lifelong transformation into the image and likeness of God. And remember the last series we did on salvation history, it was about God's active presence in the world and his participation with our lives, with the life of humanity. And his purpose for all of that was to bring us back to the original state, to bring men and women back to the state that they were in, in the garden, where we were in the perfect image and likeness of God, because in that saintly state, we can spend eternity with him in the kingdom of heaven. And that's what he wants, right? And we can't forget either that the kingdom of heaven starts here, that our eternity starts now through a life of theosis. So if you believe this and you believe it so much that you're living it out by letting God transform you, are you also sharing it with other people, right? Do you share other good news in your life? Like when something changes in your life that makes your life better, it makes your life easier, it makes you more full of joy, you know, like, I don't know, maybe you bought a new product or you found a new app or you're reading a new book or listening to a new podcast Maybe you're even going to therapy or you might have just found a new hairdresser. Do you tell people about it, right? Do you want them to share in your joy? Do you want them to have the same benefits that you are also experiencing? And nine out of 10 times, we do. We share those type of things. Like last year, for example, the most exciting thing that happened to me last year is I started using a new deodorant. I know it sounds weird, but I absolutely love it. It's natural. It works all day long, even in the summer, and it smells like a dream, right? I love this deodorant so much that for probably a month, maybe even longer, every woman that I spoke to, I mentioned this deodorant and I said, you have to buy this. It's amazing. It's Smith's natural deodorant, rose and vanilla scent, by the way. But if this deodorant changed my life so much that I had to tell everyone about it, how much more has the Lord transformed my life? How much more has his love transformed me, right? How much more will I be moved to fulfill that prophecy by Isaiah to go out and share good tidings of salvation and of peace with people, right? To tell them, you know, God is good. And I know personally because he is working in my heart. He is transforming me in this way and that way and this way. 
We need to be like St. Paul when he was writing to the Romans and he flat out said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. You might be thinking, Rochelle, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am just not equipped. I don't know apologetics or theology or I don't know the right terminology so that I sound legit, right? I don't know what to say. Okay, you are not called to be an apologist in that way. You're not called to be a theologian. You know, what you're called to do with regard to the shield of faith is to give witness to what God has done in your life. And I don't mean like that prosperity gospel stuff like, oh, look at all these great things that are happening externally in my life. That means I'm being blessed. No, you are called to talk about the good work that God is doing in you, how he's healing you, how he's changing your perspective, how he's leading you, what he's teaching you, what he's teaching you about yourself and life and himself, right? And how it's all affecting your approach to everything, right? It's your story. That's what you're called to share. Think about the scriptures. It's mostly a collection of stories of God transforming people or people who are rejecting God's offer to be transformed, right? It's about stories, stories about Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. That's what you're called to share, your personal stories. And in the end, it all comes down to whether or not you believe in God's providence, right? Do you believe that God provides for you? If you do, then you believe that you have a unique story to tell that only you can share in a certain way. And God is going to provide you with the words that you need in order to share that story. And he is going to provide you to one or to many of his children so that you can witness his glory to them. And in the meantime, Don't worry about the apologetics or the theology, right? That's not something that you're called to right now. If that's what you're called to eventually, you'll hear the call and you'll learn those things when you need to learn them. And right now, just focus on telling your story, right? You do that and you're professing the faith. You do that and you're wearing the foot coverings of the gospel of peace because by proclaiming God's works in you, you are waging war with the devil, which puts you at peace with God, right? And then bam, you got the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, all of them enabling you to carry the shield of faith, right? So that you can hold it steady when you are facing off with the enemy. Didn't I tell you that that was going to be cool? It was really cool, right? It's not just me. All right. Something else that's pretty cool is I co-hosted one of the Pints with Jack podcast episodes on the screw tape letters. So there's a link for that down in the show notes. I think the title of the episode is called Under Pressure, if you just want to look it up on the internet, but it's also down in the show notes. In the show notes, there's also going to be links for everything else I've mentioned in this episode, scripture references, other episodes, all of that. You can also find a way to sign up for the email list in the show notes, as well as all of my social links to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Next week, we're going to talk about the helmet of salvation. Until then, peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us. 